the direct connections are denied up and down by Google. They say, you know, you can do activity on Google Plus. It's not going to necessarily give you a boost over any other activity elsewhere. But reality shows that it does. Coming to you in your speakers from Dubai to all around the globe. This is James Reynolds Traffic Jam Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Hello, I'm James Reynolds. Welcome back to Traffic Jam. You're tuned into episode number 28. And of course, it's the podcast show that blends together interviews with web traffic experts traffic tips and news and musical jams selected by our featured guest. This is another jam-packed episode. Well, I gotta say it's great to be back behind the mic recording another episode. It is about one month since episode 27 went live, so this one, 28, is well overdue. I did uh, I did make several attempts though to record this one. It has been delayed quite somewhat, um, basically due to technical challenges, namely crappy internet, which cut short three separate interviews. So we've had that against us. And then I've also been traveling quite a lot in recent weeks. I've been to Amsterdam, I've been to Houston, then San Diego in the US for a traffic and conversion event, which was, uh, which was great networking actually for traffic jam. I have lined up quite a few guests from that event who are going to be a real good fit for the show and you'll have those guys to to look forward to in coming weeks. And yeah, after the US trip, I went to Paris and then London before finally returning home to Dubai. And I've got to say, it's great to travel. It really is good to get out behind your desk and network with people, but there's nothing like getting back home and getting back behind your computer with a big screen and getting back into normal routine, especially because that means I can be putting out more content, which I absolutely love. And I am going to be making a real effort over the coming weeks to make sure that Traffic Jam returns to being a weekly show. Um, I have been a little bit sporadic in recent months. Um, The show's been going out less frequently, and I do want to rectify that. I want to get us back to being a weekly show because, hey, I think Well, I love creating these episodes so much. I mean, I love interviewing the guests on each show. And I think you, the listener, gain most value when it's a regular weekly show because you've got seven days to process the information, seven days to implement, and then another lesson, another focus, seven days ahead. So that's my promise to you, weekly shows from here on. The Traffic Jam Podcast with James Reynolds. So what's coming up on this episode? Well, the main event is Ronnie Bincer, who is on the show for a deep dive into Google Hangouts. We'll be talking the difference between Hangouts and Hangouts on Air. We'll be looking at Hangouts on Air versus webinars, how to do email capture and follow up on a Google Hangout. Now, that's pretty cool. How to leverage your Hangout for wider exposure, the best Hangout format, the before, during and after units of a killer Hangout on Air and much, much more. We really go deep on the topic. Following my chat with Ronnie, we've got the regular segments, this week's news in traffic, the one minute traffic tip and the traffic jam this week is a classical piece of trumpet music, which is kind of appropriate because Ronnie is a trumpet player himself. In fact, he's got a whole degree in trumpet performance, but that is not the topic of today's episode. We are, of course, as I said, talking Google Hangouts, and here's that interview. 
So welcome to the interview section of the show, listener. Today, I'm hanging with the Google Hangout helper, Ronnie Bincer. Ronnie, welcome. It's a pleasure to be here, James. Well, let's get up to speed real fast before we dive into the content. Now, you used to train people on Adobe Photoshop. You got started online, I believe, in video SEO. Now you help people with Google Hangouts. How did you become the Hangout helper? Yeah, that's a little bit of the, the story and how it flowed. When I did um, training, I did that for a, a stretch of about 12 years straight. I traveled all over the world, literally, and did training in front of crowds on how to use technical products. And that training skill that I developed over the years, I've carried into um, what I do now, which is helping people learn how to use this Hangout tool. Um, and in between, I had a stint with a uh, large franchise company where I was their video SEO guy to help uh, search engines find videos for on behalf of that company. So I bring sort of that angle with me because of the way Hangouts work with making video, yeah. especially the Hangout and Air type. It just was a natural fit for me. And the fact that Google Plus is a place that influences search results all really ties together quite well. Great. Well, we might have some discussion around that integration and how Hangouts and the Google ecosystem as a whole affect search, because it's an interesting conversation. But I think to start with, let's get right back to basics, because potentially we'll have listeners in a few camps here. We might have those that are using Google Hangouts, either as a presenter or an attendee. We'll have those that have heard of Google Hangouts, and we've possibly even got a few in the camp that haven't got a blind clue. So let's make this session sure. all inclusive. Would you mind just by starting with uh, what a Google Hangout actually is? Sure. There's there's two main categories that I'd group them in. One is a, a video type and the other is a text type. And let's focus on the ones that are most popular, which are the video type. And within the video type, there's two categories. There's a regular Hangout, which us old timers call a regular Hangout, but in the they keep changing their name slightly. So sometimes it's called a Hangout video call. Other times, more recently, it's called a video hangout. Either way, it is a meeting room where you can have up to 10, normally 10 people in a room where you can all see each other and you can all talk to each other. And it does not matter where you are geographically located. You just click a button and you're in the room and you can chat. That's a traditional hangout. Then there's the other type of video hangout called a hangout on air where you take that chat or video call conversation and you hit a button and it starts going live. It's a live broadcast version of your conversation. So those really are the most popular ones, the video ones, but there is another type that does matter and it's the text type. It's a little room in essence where you can chat text-wise back and forth with up to 100 people and then very easily click a button and it turns it into a video call so it transitions right back into one of those Hangout video calls where it's up to 10 people in a video room. Yep. Got it. Good. Well, that's a fantastic overview. Hopefully that's set the scene. I think probably most of our conversation today will be focused around the video Hangout, the Hangout on Air style, because most of our listeners are really interested in the marketing aspect of what we're going to talk about. But sure, I want to ask sure. you really a, a bit of a why question to start with. I know you've got a bit of a reputation of being able to communicate the why and the how. So my first question is, why should we get start out, started with Hangouts? 
Well, that's a deep one, but I'll give you the an easy answer because it makes building relationships simple. Yeah, and I guess there's uh, probably a, a secondary element to that, right? It's it's scalable as well. I mean, it's a lot easier to to build uh, relationships with people further afield on a larger scale with a tool such as Google Hangouts. Would that be fair? Sure, it would. If if I'm doing a Hangout on Air, which is literally a broadcast version of a video call, I can chat with multiple people in the room, let's say, but I can have thousands or hundreds of thousands watching from the outside. They could be interacting with comments. And literally, by just watching us have a conversation, they get to see the inside. In essence, the viewers on the outside can start to know me and the other people that we're talking with or concepts we're talking about very, very easily because it's like uh, they're, they're having a view into the meeting room of your business. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, today we're recording this interview via GoToMeeting, which is the baby brother of GoToWebinar. So I guess I do feel like I forced you to commit some form of kind of digital adultery today, Ronnie. <laughs> you, <laughs> you're cheating on your, you're cheating on your girl. But what advantages does a, a Hangout have over a webinar? I would say the visual component, the part that's actually missing right here right now, but it's not that bad. I, I do know where people come from and where they want to move to. So if you come to the place where you're used to using webinars to present information and ideas and uh, you want to bring in the video component, I know that there's a little bit of that coming into the go to webinar space, but it's not as easy in essence and it's not as native to the product. So the Hangout on Air is built in from the very beginning, from the ground up, to have a video component of it. And that's something that tends to be missing in many webinar platforms. But there are more and more what I call wrappers or Hangout on Air wrappers that are utilizing the Hangout on Air as the video engine. And they're adding the registration components and the follow-up components that are lacking from the Hangout on Air tool. They're adding that and wrapping it around the Hangout and Air tool. Got it. Because I guess that would be the big calling card, perhaps at least in the past when these wrappers, as you described them, were not available. Something like a go-to webinar would perhaps offer more options in terms of sign-up and therefore integration with email and SMS and, and those types of follow-up tools that would help you know, as a marketing purpose. But um, now with these wrappers, I guess you can do all of that, right, within um, within a Hangout itself. That's correct. Yeah. Now, I've never heard of the these Hangout wrappers. What might some of these things do? Because this is interesting stuff. And, you know, where might we go to, to get a hold of them? What are the products you recommend? Well, there's, there's one I recommend that, that actually there's a few of them that I've helped in the development of. And then there's another one that's just recently coming onto the scene that I really like. And it the reason why I really like it is because it's easy. Okay. Some of the more <laughs> like technical easy. ones. Yeah. Some of the more technically challenging ones may have a little bit more capacity here and there, but I think you'll lose something in ease of use. So uh, it's okay to mention the name of one. In fact, I can give you later uh, an affiliate link that I love people to click on if they wanted to check it out. Uh, well, that would be super cool. Yeah. Very free to mention it. And we'll make sure the links are in the show notes too. Okay. Okay. So the one I'm liking the most right now is called Webinar Jam. And what it allows you to do is it gives you sort of a 15, that may seem like a lot, but I think it's around 15 step process to set everything up. 
and they do a really nice job with their user interface. And someone that helps, that's me, I help people design these things sometimes. And as I'd mentioned before, sometimes people really, really get focused on the tech and they forget the interface is very important. I think these guys with Webinar Jam did a fabulous job on the interface as well as doing a pretty decent job with the technology to make it all sort of flow together. Mm. So what sort of capabilities has this thing got? It's got a, a sign-up process integration with email, I would assume. Um, what mm-hmm. what yep. sort of capabilities has this thing actually got out of the box? Yeah, um, out of the box, it's got the, the capability to build to work into whatever your emailing system is right now, as well as um, allows you to craft multiple messages that would be sent out, for example, at the beginning for a registration yeah. And then when someone registers, there's a follow-up, thanks for registering, and then there's a reminder thing. So all the things that you would normally see in a product like a GoToWebinar are built in as far as the registration and the process of all that. There's also built-in analytics to see those, you know, when did they drop off in the process, um, when did, how long did they stay, that kind of stuff is all built in. And the ability to do the actual Hangout and Error, it's got its own sort of interface added on top of the Hangout and Air where you can do things like you can add in polling features. You can nice. add in offers. So they can do offers on the fly. You can just build them on the fly or you can set them up ahead of time so that all you got to do is press a button and that offer is then shown as part of the live webinar. And then after the fact, based on whether people signed up and didn't show up or they signed up and they did show up, you can send out different follow-up messages. So it's a really full package when it comes to the interaction of the registrants yeah and the analytics analytics is a big part too nice nice well this sounds this sounds very cool i mean there's always those limitations with you know a a webinar platform in terms of the number of attendees but i guess you don't have that right with uh with a hangout it's almost unlimited attendance and you've got those I tend to forget about that because I've come at this primarily from the Hangout and Air world where there was never, ever a limitation for the number of viewers. And yeah. they're taking that that lack of a limitation and bringing it into their webinar tool. So there really is – you don't pay any more for having 10 people attend or 10,000. It's the same price. Sweet. There is no price. It's an annual fee for yeah. that product. Well, we like the name of it anyway, Webinar Jam, seeing as we're talking here on Traffic Jam. I think the name's pretty cool. So for that basis yeah. alone, it's well worth checking out. But I'm yeah, um, trying to brand the, the name of what you do as called Jam Sessions. So I don't right. know if you've got that, but just realize that's what they're trying to do. <laughs> I just probably should look up some copyright legislation here and see. You might want first. to. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Let's, have a, let's get my guys to talk to their guys and see what's going on. Sure. <laughs> Cool. Well, Google Hangouts, right, is, of, of course, part of the Google Plus suite and the greater sort of Google ecosystem. Are you aware of any kind of ancillary benefits that doing Hangouts may have, like, I don't know, improved author rank that could translate into search engine results, for instance? Yes and no. Uh, the direct connections are denied up and down by Google. They say, you know, you can do activity on Google Plus. It's not going to necessarily give you a boost over any other activity elsewhere, but reality shows that it does. Mm. So the reason why is because Google has full access to your public activity on Google+. They may not have full access, in fact, they know they don't, on, say, Facebook or Twitter. So as a result, 
they're going to say, look, we don't favor our network over anyone else, but the reality is they do. So with that said, when you do hang out on air activity, you put a face on your business. You put a face on your marketing efforts and that face causes people to connect with you more. And so when they connect with you more, they tend to share more of your stuff. And when they share more of your stuff, there is more interaction and that interaction leads directly very documentable to better results in search. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess there's that, uh, that effect of brand recognition, which Google are really going after now. You've got the, you know, the, the strength in authorship and, and individual authors offline getting more um, sort of support or, or better benefits online, for instance. I can see how that might all tie in. Good. Well, on yeah, that, that also, the authorship also ties into the idea, and I don't, I don't want to get too sidetracked, but there is that little pretty picture that yep. shows up in search results when your authorship is really working well for you. And research has shown very easily that when you see a picture of a person, especially yeah. a person that you recognize, you're more likely to click on that link. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I do webinars from time to time, but I'd be really interested to kind of get your opinion on how I might use Hangouts in my own business. Now, either using my SEO or Google AdWords agency as an example, how might a business like mine, a, a service business, leverage Hangouts? Well, your service probably has pressure points or choke points where people start to get confused. Would, would you agree? Would you acknowledge that? Absolutely. Yep. Okay. I thought you might say, no, ours is perfect. But anyways. <laughs> um, I like it to and be, what, it's never that case, right? Yeah. So even though they make sense to you because you designed them and stuff, that doesn't mean your clients fully understand them. And so what you can do with a Hangout, on air is you can basically bring up those pressure points or what I call choke points and clearly describe here's how people tend to wonder or have questions and here's the real answer and you can even show visual representations of how you would guide somebody through to get past that little hurdle and so the ability in essence to do a live show you could bring in some potential you could bring in some clients that are wondering or those that in your customer service department that already have the proper answer that they give all the time. And you can have a Q&A, go right, mm. up, right online live with those specific situations. Then here's a wonderful tip. You might do that with three or four questions. You could then afterwards, because it creates automatically a video, I like to call it automatically, creates a video for you <laughs> on YouTube. You could download that video and then with your video editing software <laughs> or with your contractors that do video editing for you, you can cut that say a 40-minute Hangout on Air into three smaller segments, one mm. covering each question. And now you've not only got a show that covers all of them together, but you've got individual videos that you can then bring into your website so that when people have those exact questions, they can get an exact answer. And that specific answer can also be a teaser to lead you to the full answer where there's all three of them answered together. Mm. Nice, nice. So you're recommending that perhaps the best approach or one of the best approaches is literally those sort of frequently asked questions, the stumbling points, the objections that come up in your business, and then answer them in a live environment and then use the live recording then to leverage that content into formats you can use elsewhere, like on your website. Correct. Yeah, there's something special about live. It makes you seem more real, honestly. Mm. And um, so sometimes when I tell, when I see people doing these hangouts and they try to get so professional looking, I, I tell them, hey, it looks great, but back off a little. Stay <laughs> real. Stay authentic. 
and uh, don't try to look so polished because I believe honestly that people really relate to this sort of rough edge thing and yeah. the live thing helps you do that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's certainly something I've experienced with webinars also. You can, you know, put all the effort in the world in creating a sort of a video sales letter. But sometimes if you just get on a webinar with the sort of pressure of people being there where it's not so polished and you do stumble, you know, occasionally is actually much more effective in terms of connecting. Um, I can see it tends exactly to be more how, authentic. Yeah. It's that authentic thing. I think it matters. So what are the most effective formats, Ronnie? Is it sort of host with a, a guest perhaps a, a customer that's asking questions or could you do a hangout just as an expert on your own what's the the best formats well it it really depends it's one of those there's an seo answer it depends <laughs> you'll hear that a lot from seo people um if it because hangouts can be used for almost any type of business and you tell me the name of a business and that and i could give you examples of how you could probably use hangouts but the, the one thing, if you are doing a presentation, say you're doing a walkthrough as to here's how you use our product and you just want to show step-by-step step a little area of it, then yeah. there's nothing wrong with doing a Hangout on Air just by yourself and maybe doing some screen shares along the process because you can literally share your screen. If your product involves your website, for example, you can show step-by-step step how to do something specifically on your website live. Mm. So that, and that's turned into a video. So it's a great training tool. The other part is a great conversational tool. So if you were to bring multiple people into the film strip area and let the conversation go, you try to guide it as a moderator, uh, then that's another way to do it. And then a third way is to do a live show where you actually have people on the outside interacting by adding comments. And then you can bring some of those comments visually onto the screen. And so then you get this sort of, live TV broadcast network thing where you can actually bring the people from the audience right into the show without them actually being in the film strip. So yeah. There's many, many different ways to go about doing this. Awesome. Awesome. Good. Well, let's dig a little deeper into the how and discuss the kind of the before, during and after units of running a Hangout. Beginning with before, how do we get started with Hangouts? What do we need in our toolkit before we start? Uh, just uh, and we're going to focus. We're focusing on the Hangout on Air, but we're calling them Hangouts. And because I'm a technical trainer, I tend to be try to be pretty precise. Okay, because a regular Hangout honestly is just a meeting, and it doesn't require you to have a YouTube channel per se. But when you do a Hangout on Air, because you're going to do this broadcast thing and it's going to end up as a video on YouTube, you are required to have a YouTube account. So let's just focus on the Hangout on Air part because I think that's where you're audience is primarily interested it is, so yeah. you're gonna need you're gonna need a Google Plus account you're also gonna need a YouTube account and pretty much nowadays when you set up one you end up getting the other but you're gonna need to ver you're gonna need to verify the YouTube account and without, without getting into too much of the details that's gonna allow you to do these live broadcasts so you're gonna need to have a verified YouTube account that's connected to either a profile which is you as a person or a page, which is you as a business. And honestly, there's a whole nother level of conversation as to when you do one versus the other. But the key is your profile can do a Hangout on Air or your page can do a Hangout on Air and they each have their own YouTube connection. Mm. So when that's set up, you will also, in the process of doing all this, you'll be downloading yeah. a little piece of software that Google gives you to do these Hangouts. And then, you're ready to go as far as technology software-wise. But then hardware-wise, you're going to need some things like a camera. Yep. Many times people will have a built-in webcam. 
and that's totally fine to start, but at some point you may end up getting a secondary camera if it gives you better quality. And you're going to need, in my mind, a microphone and earbuds, or what I use frequently is a headset, mm. where you're going to be able to separate the sound that comes out of the speaker, which is on your head, if it's an ear, you know, a headset, from the microphone so that you don't get echo. Mm. And one of the biggest problems I see or hear is when people try to do hangouts with their laptop. It's a very, very common problem because the microphone is right next to the speakers, yep. and it tends to bring a little bit of echo in, and that echo can be quite distracting. So you're going to want to have a separate something that separates the speaker from the microphone. And to me, the easiest set, but if you don't want to go with the, the, I don't know, nerdy look of a headset <laughs> then get yourself a separate microphone and put in some earbuds so that somehow you're able to separate the sound that comes out of the computer from the speaker the the uh, microphone that's bringing sound in so different software different hardware than you might have but it's really not expensive really when you uh, get right down to the the uh, the cameras nowadays like there's one that I suggest if people aren't using their built-in ones then they get the Logitech C920, and that runs right around sixty to seventy dollars US. And um, if you were to look for a a decent microphone, or the headset I use is um, it's made by GE, and it's only thirty dollars US. Wow! But if you were to go with a separate microphone, then I highly suggest the Blue line of microphones, and the lesser expensive one is called the Blue Snowball. Yeah. The more expensive one is the Blue Yeti. Um, I. The snowball's totally fine for for my use, and that runs you around sixty dollars as well. So if you look at sixty dollars for a camera, sixty dollars for a microphone, um, you probably have earbuds from your uh, your MP3 player or whatever. You probably can get everything you need for one hundred twenty dollars US. Yeah, which is low. I mean, you can't get into many things for you know hundred dollars or less, right? So I think uh, yeah. it's a Pretty straightforward way to get started. I know people are going to love links off to kit. They always like to get the kit recommendations. So again, those recommendations from Ronnie will be in the show notes of this episode. Um, Ronnie, we've got set up now. We're, we're live on air. What advice would you give to our listener for running a successful hangout? Now, there's a good one. Um, what I say for running a successful hangout is, and I'm going to shock you, okay? <laughs> Look at the camera. That's yeah. <laughs> the biggest key. I think most people totally ignore that. Because what happens when you're in a hangout on air, there's this thing on the bottom called a film strip, and that's where all the activity tends to go on with all the other people in, that are guests in the show. And your eye naturally is drawn to looking at those people because that's part of the reason why you're in the hangout. Yeah. However, when you're talking, you really need to try to force yourself to look at the camera because then it appears that you're making eye contact with everybody in the show. And so as a result, it's it's a hard thing to do, really, is to stop looking at the film strip and start looking at the camera. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's going to make one heck of a difference if you do that because then you get visual eye contact. In fact, right now, it's a silly. I'm looking at the camera because I'm so used <laughs> to doing these. Um, but it doesn't matter because we don't have a video component. So anyways, that's one big tip that I'd give that you're probably not going to hear as much elsewhere. Oh, the well other is... I was going to say I, I resonate with that. I remember the, I did a an interview for Traffic Jam several months back with Andrew Warner from from Mixergy, and he really favors doing video interviews. So impromptu, he said, well, let's do it on video. 
and do you know what? I was just rubbish because I wanted to look at my questions and <laughs> notes that I'd prepared. And then I realized I wasn't looking at Andrew and it was just all disjointed. I found it a horrible experience. So <laughs> I think that would be something I certainly need to get used to when, uh, when preparing for a hangout for sure. Yeah, well, let's talk about the preparing part because that's really where I normally go with that kind of a question. And and really, the bottom line is I don't suggest people start out with a hangout on error. I suggest they start with a regular hangout. They go into the video room where they're just alone, just them, and yeah. get used to poking the buttons, You know, push all the buttons, see what happens. And then the next level is I invite friends in or coworkers, people that I'm not worried about making mistakes with. And this is still all not yet a hangout on error. Then my third phrase is I would suggest you get invited into somebody else's hangout on air, and if nothing else, just sit there and be part of it mm. and maybe ask a question as part of the show. Then the final phase is then you start running your own. And all this stuff, of course, it'd be handy if you had some training, and because that's what I do for a living, I really stress that. But whether you get the training from me or somebody else, find a way to learn how the tool works because it's frequently changing. It's yeah. constantly being updated but it's a very, very powerful tool. So I would not, repeat, would not start my first effort as doing a live broadcast Hangout on Air show. That would be actually the last thing. And then once I get there, then you know, you're know you off and running. Great, great advice. Okay, cool. So we've done the before, we've done the during. What about the after process? What's the process there? You, I mean, you shared a good tip earlier about sort of chunking up that recording for a hangout on air into smaller videos what else can we do to kind of leverage that session right this is where i bring in my years of experience of video seo the part the component that many that might be talking about hangout don't have i came from that background of how do you make videos get found on the internet what you need to do after your show's over is do optimization to your video basically make sure that the text that's part of the video posting makes sense and it ties in with the conversation that you had. So they use the words that you are speaking in the Hangout, repeat them in the text. And I wouldn't do it literally, I meaning I wouldn't do a transcript in essence, but I would bring in similar words that are primary keyword phrases that you are wanting to get across. Mm. That should be part of your optimization. Now, but that means back up for a second. You need to actually be saying those words in the Hangout as well. So if you can think of the end before you get started, and what you want to end up doing when you're optimizing your videos, that can guide your conversation and the words you use in your Hangout. And then it's going to be a much more synergistic effort. So you're going to want to make sure you've got good keywords in your tags on YouTube, as well as put them into the description text. And if possible, this should be part of the titling of your videos. So that's all available, normal video SEO things that you would do. But then there's other things, like um, if it was part of a show, and there was a lot of interaction. One thing I love to do is bring some of the better comments that were part of that show out into the focus. And so what that does is you can do a post or uh, an article and you can highlight certain people's comments because a lot of people will make a comment that's really, really valuable along with your show and you can give them credit. And that social credit allows them to be seen and known. And then what you think that does with them, it helps them share it. So it's, it's a very synergistic effort when you can bring in the interaction that's happened with your Hangout into a follow-up post or a follow-up um, blog article about what you just did. Love it. Then it's self-perpetuating, I guess. You could just keep rolling this thing on and on. 
one hangout on air get a bunch of questions asked then you've almost got content for your next hangout on air right i mean it's just uh you do. goes on and on awesome well let's begin to wrap this up ronnie you teach of course all of this stuff in uh, a program called hangout mastery tell me and the audience a little bit more about that sure the hangout mastery is uh the place where i have a private membership group and they have access to uh, materials that we put on a regular uh, membership website but the most compelling portion of it is they also have access to a private community inside google plus and the beauty of that is there's a ton of people in there all helping each other asking questions and giving wonderful answers and we do a lot of testing because this is a still of a new area people are saying well what can we do this with it and I'm like well I'm pretty sure but let's give it a try and so we just start it up and we do a test and the ability to do this literally worldwide because there's people from all over the world it's happening 24 7 within that community is probably the best part now I'm the leader of the pack let's say and so if somebody asks a question, another person within the group gives an answer, and it's not spot on, I tend to go in politely and nudge it to the right answer just to make sure that things are accurate. But it's a really, really valuable environment. And I don't know, it sounds like I'm salesy, but trust me when I say this, I have never been in an environment where everybody is helping each other to this degree and is so excited about helping each other that they're like pouncing on people's questions with answers. It's pretty amazing. Great. Well, if this sounds exciting to our listener and they want to take it a bit further, where would they go to find out more about Hangout Mastery? Probably the easiest way, besides links that we'll give in <laughs> along with your program, is to go to thehangouthelper.com. That's my primary website, thehangouthelper.com. And you'll see links there to take you right into the membership environment where you can see an overview of some of the content that's in there and then click that buy button and what it does it's a month-to-month -month membership you can cancel at any time so you get a 30-day session in essence by paying once you could even pay today and cancel tomorrow you'll have access for 30 days and then you won't be hit with a renewal fantastic well one of you've been extremely of course we hope we, we hope you stay right because that's <laughs> part of the beauty right is being part of this community but I'm sorry I just wanted to make sure people realized that they don't have to have a long-term commitment absolutely well i'm sure they'll see value and it sounds uh, sounds fantastic well let's wrap things up you've been generous with your time and expertise and i thank you for that what action should our listener take right now as a result of listening to the podcast other than of course checking out the hangouthelper.com i would suggest if nothing else get to the membership landing page because there i've got either four or more videos that give you some really good basic overviews of either how to be a phenomenal Hangout on Air guest or how to start your Hangout on Airs, things like that. And they're all free right there on the landing page. So start out with thehangouthelper.com. Take a little ride, trip over to the membership site where you can see some very good introductory videos. I think that would be a great, good start. Awesome. Ronnie Bincer, thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, James. This week's news in traffic. Well, Facebook, they've added call to action buttons for their newsfeed ads and regular organic posts. 
You may have already seen these pop up in your own newsfeed. The post looks pretty much like normal, but in the bottom right hand corner, you'll see a call to action button that might include a phrase like shop now, learn more, sign up, book now or download. They're the currently available calls to action. Now, these calls to action buttons, they're only able to be created within the power editor. That's the add on for Google Chrome used for creating Facebook ads. Now, I do think that these call to action buttons are going to be great for marketers, at least over time. I think they'll help to increase click through rates. But what I will say is that early data, at least that that I've seen, is showing that at least right now, they're not making a marked difference on click through rates. But I do think that's probably just people getting used to them popping up in their news feed. And um, whilst they are getting used to them, they're perhaps a little bit adversive to clicking on those. But I think as they increase over time, more and more people use them. I do think that it will have an effect of increasing click-through rates. The other great thing about these is that it really helps us marketers you know, stop playing around with pictures. We've always been um, subject to the to the Facebook 20% text rule when we try to include you know, headlines and calls to actions in images. And we won't need to do so much of that now because of these buttons. I think those are going to be really helpful. Anyway, go try these out for yourself. As I said, only available right now using the Power Editor. But uh, go give them a play and let me know how you get on. Clout is developing from a tool that measures the effect of the content you share on social media to a tool that helps you create effective content for social media. Now, the new Create tab that Clout have added inside their portal helps you find great articles and posts worth sharing with your audience. Now, they say, unlike most apps that suggest content for your personal consumption, Clout intelligently recommends content that will strike a chord with your unique set of friends, fans and followers. It is now available inside the Clout website. Go check it out. Now, if you're enjoying Traffic Jam or getting real value out of the show, I'd absolutely love it if you left the show a review on either iTunes or Stitcher Radio. That really is the best possible way to support the show, help us climb up the rankings and reach more people with the content that I put out here. Not every week, but uh, generally bi-weekly. Now, to do it over at iTunes, just log in. Find the Traffic Jam show, click on ratings and reviews, select a rating out of five stars, preferably five, but give it the rating that you think the show deserves and then leave a comment along with that. Stitcher Radio, the process is pretty similar. Just log in and find the show and then leave a rating and review for it. Now, if you do that in this coming week, then more than likely I will read your review out on next week's show. So again, if you want to get yourself a little bit of airtime, Perhaps also mentioning your website address or your business name. We'll make sure that that's mentioned along with your review. So thank you in advance. I really would love it if you did that for us. That really will help us, as I say, climb up the rankings, reach more people and uh, get this great information out to a wider audience. The one minute traffic tip. Okay, so full credit to Ezra Firestone for this one. This is a killer tip that landed up in my inbox the other day and I just had to share it. Now, the example here relates to Facebook advertising, but it can also be applied to other platforms. 
Now, most Facebook advertisers get caught up selecting their image and optimizing their ad copy, but there's actually one important element that appears on every Facebook page post ad that also affects results. And that's the page name you create the ad from. Now using a page name that is relevant to the audience that you're targeting with your ads will increase click-through rate. Now here's an example, if you've got a campaign targeting say lawyers in Dubai, try creating a Facebook page called Dubai Lawyers and creating your ads from that page so that is the name that appears at the top of your ad. Now according to Ezra, this increased relevancy will give your click-through rates a sizable bump. Go give it a try. So that brings episode number 28 of Traffic Jam to a close. Join me back here for another session real soon. On the next episode, I'm going to be talking about image marketing. Not a topic we've covered yet, so that's bound to be interesting. I'm certainly looking forward to it. You should too. To play out this week's episode, we've got a track, of course, chosen by my guest today, Ronnie Bincer, and it's a classical music track. Nice to have a bit of classical in the mix for the first time. The track is called Pictures at an Exhibition, and we're going to be listening specifically to the trumpet solo. So enjoy this to play out the episode. Remember also to go and check out veravo.com for more traffic tips and training. And I'd also recommend heading on over to seosherpa.com, where we've just launched a new sort of feature section called Basecamp, where we answer your commonly asked SEO questions. So go check that out. Again, to play out this week's episode, pictures at an exhibition, and it's the trumpet solo. Traffic Jam Podcast with James Reynolds. To know more about this program and to subscribe for future episodes, check out the website trafficjamcast.com. Traffic Jam.